Welcome to Work-Life Changes and Remote Work in Organizations, a special and time-bound series of conversations. Now, these conversations were recorded to create material for the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast's 300th episode, and that was published on the 5th of May, 2022. The conversations reflected on what had happened over the last three years in how remote work has been adopted, And they were so rich in content that I wanted to share them with you. They cover how our guests see remote work in organizations evolving, how they have changed their ways of working over the last three years, how work relates to the rest of their lives even. And in the last section, guests suggest content for future episodes of the 21st Century Work Life podcast, giving us some insight into what is going on in people's minds, what they want to learn about and hear about next. I'll introduce this episode's guest in a moment, but before that, if we haven't met before, my name is Pilar Orti, and you can find out everything about Virtual Not Distant, the company behind this show, over at virtualnotdistant.com. Enjoy. Listeners, I would like to introduce you to Mark Kilby, remote work guy and co-author of From Chaos to Successful Distributed Agile Teams. You can find out more about him over at markkilby.com. And here is the first question. Regarding remote work, what do you think is going to change from now onwards and what do you think is going to stay the same? I think it's what is going to change is we're going to want to go backwards. I, I, I honestly believe hybrid is not going to survive as much as people think it is. And people will either decide to go fully remote or fully back in the office, providing there's no other pandemics. And some might stay in that hybrid space and do well, but that takes a whole different set of disciplines than remote or fully in the office. So again, it's a whole other set of intentions and disciplines that people have to focus on. So it's it's another shift for them. And some won't be ready to make that shift. And do you think that from the point of view of people who still work remotely or decide to stay to work remotely or even organizations, what do you think that remote work might look like? For those of us who were remote before the pandemic, I don't think it'll change much. Because we've, we have adjusted, we know how to manage our, not only our schedules, but our energy flow. You and I have had several conversations, but also on this podcast, you've, you've talked about that subject of how do you maintain your energy? How do you set your schedule around that? How do you make sure you optimize for different things? For those who have decided mid or post pandemic, hey, I want to learn more about this. I really want to be better at this remote work. I think we're going to see more people stumble, look for resources, training. Hopefully they find this great podcast <laughs> as part of that. I, I and I think I think some are really going to go through the learning curve the rest of us have and maybe faster because there's just an explosion of resources out there now. What do you think 
people are going to take from what they've learned? I mean, this is huge hypothesis and generalization, but what are some of the things that you're seeing people might take forward that they've learned? So especially those people who'd never worked in this way before. Oh, I, I, I think for many, they are, they are rethinking work in general. What does that mean? What does that mean as part of their life? When, when I first started working remotely this way, most of my work is work from home. Now, I do some nomadic work, but it's mostly work from home. And so I get to see my kids every day. I get to mix work and home life. And it made me think of those craftsmen from the 1800s and the 1900s who their shop was attached to their house. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, and that was their life. They, they, they literally stepped, took a few steps from work into home life and back. And in a way we've kind of returned to that. And, and I, I think some will realize this might be a far more sustainable way to work. And what does that mean for me on what I want out of an employer? It's, mm-hmm. and, and so I think there, I think there's going to be, more shifts for people who are intentional in how they work and wanting to work well, they're going to look for employers that value that. And hopefully employers will seek that out as well. Maybe you've already started to touch on this, but how has the way, well, has the way in which you work changed over the last three years? (laughs) Wow. Um, well, I know it has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, it definitely has. I, I think all of us, even who worked remote before, I think we've all been impacted. And for me, and, and now I'm even more curious about your other guests in, in this episode, how they might answer this. But for me, it it, it was even more about energy management and self care. With all the turmoil that was happening in the last three years, not just the pandemic, but some of the, the racial racial issues. Uh, you know, now we're dealing with with wars and mm. and whether you say it's war atrocities or not. I, I in and in that particular Ukraine Russian conflict, I I have people I know on both sides. So it's it's hard for me no, I'm not a friend of I'm not a fan of Putin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put that out there, but but you know I I know um, Russians who are are upset with what's happening, and I knew you know Ukrainians, of course, they're upset. Mm. Um, and, and just to be immersed in that and shifts in how you work really means you've you've got to think about you've got to pay really close attention to your own self care. And uh, I certainly stumbled over the last three years and had to reset many things that that I do. And sometimes that means stepping far away from the screens. Yeah, nice. Thank you. And so so going more um, practical in the ways that you work, because we were talking and you are you've been experimenting and are experimenting with some stuff within, with other people as well, some other ways of collaborating uh, in your organization. So I wanted just to go a little bit 
more into that. So first of all, um, you uh, very kindly invited me to one of your experiments, which was an asynchronous book club around your book from Chaos to Distributed Teams. Is that what it's called? From chaos to Successful Distributed Teams. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For, I forgot the, the successful. That's, that's, that's the short form of the title. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so you had some people who wanted to discuss some stuff around the book and you thought, well, the practicalities are practicalities mean that asynchronous is going to be the best form. So can you describe how you set up the book club, the technology you used and, and how it's gone? So with, so I have a really strong aversion to hype. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of hype around hybrid and even more hype around asynchronous. And even I had some, doubts around how asynchronous would work for me personally. So I thought, you know what, the only way to prove or disprove this for me is to do it. And that was one of the main reasons. The other reason was uh, with talks I've done and also people who've contacted me through my newsletter, they asked me, would you ever do a book club? Well, when you have distributed interested people around the world, it's hard to find one time on the calendar that works for everyone. So I thought, okay, can we do a calendarless book club? And so I looked at how can we capture information that we're all getting out of the conversations and where can we have the conversations and connections? So I actually picked two tools for that. One was uh, P2, which is essentially a variation of WordPress. Yeah. So P2 became our our information gathering site. So any information, even if it was discussed in the other tool, which I'll get to, we we wrote down our thoughts in P2. And uh, I I shared some some mini blog posts there as, as people asked me questions. And I thought, you know, this requires a longer response, needs some some graphics. So let me let me put some posts out there. And I'll probably eventually release those on my newsletter. But it was it was fascinating to to watch how people were bringing real life scenarios. And say, Oh, yeah, I said, this, this is kind of addressed in the book, but let me expand upon it here. So I enjoyed that part of it. And they seem to also. But the other key part is, and, and you and I talked about this before is the connection. Mm. So I've been on Slack. I've been on Microsoft Teams. I I think I have been on almost every chat floor, chat platform <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> and you get to a point where you feel like you're just merely talking to icons. And, and you wonder, is it really people I'm talking to? And so I, I look for different solutions. And I, I also track a lot of new technology. And I came across this one called Volley. And the best way to describe Volley is if um, if Slack and Zoom got together and had a kid, it would be volley. <laughs> <laughs> so that it's the easiest way to describe it. So it is a video chat application. So you're you're sending video messages. You can't send text. You can't send audio. And I appreciate some of the messages you left there. Mm. Uh, video is the primary means of communicating, and they're looking at how can you reduce or eliminate meetings using technology like this. So it's 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 kind of in an extended beta right now. 
I've been experimenting with actually a couple different things, but the book club is the main experiment. So the first week and a half, we just kind of got used to the tools. I started talking about the, the tools in both P2 and Volley. So they, no matter where they started, they would hear the same conversations or they would read the same conversations. They get to meet each other. But they all eventually gravitated into Volley to start talking about what they were interested in. Because I asked them, I said, what brought you here? And I know it's the book, but what in particular? So getting to share a little bit about why they were there with each other. And uh, I also let them know, you're going to see my house, my family in the background. Don't feel like you have to, but I said, do please, if you can, please use video because we get to see who you are. And that's important for conversation. And so while some were reluctant, they all did turn on a video. And what was amazing was what happened over the period of time. One of the individuals that, that was in the book club um, lives in Moscow. And so the book club started before the Ukrainian conflict. And he shared some of his concerns. Mm -hmm. In the tool, and and it was amazing how the rest of the group kind of rallied around him, listened, and uh, and really uh, helped him in some ways to look at what can he do for him for for himself and his family. He, he's actually considering moving out of the country because of what's happened, and that was something that was totally unexpected. Uh, but. It was a pleasant surprise. So that told me, okay, it is possible to to build connection this way. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Nice. And so I'm going to ask a bit more. But before that, I I I didn't realize. I think you did mention that you had the the blog, but I didn't see the I haven't seen the P two. And I think it's really interesting that you're using a, a tool that. Well, that automatic's main way of communicating is synchronously, and they're so into heavy text. Yeah, I find it really interesting that you were documenting in that way that you chose a tool that was that that would actually create. I'm going to call documentation with a you know with a small D, yeah. let's say for now, um, and then how you saw people gravitate from that and the fluidity maybe or or, or, or yeah. the how, how i think both things we need both things um, and yeah. both things have a very different uh purpose and, and it's it's really great yeah. yeah yeah and um i mean i know they do have meetings at automatic oh yeah yeah of course but, <laughs> you know uh, so they get to see they get to see each other and that mm -hmm. helps establish the connection mm -hmm. that, that you need that human connection once it's established, yes, you can go all text, uh, but it's it's very it's very difficult. It's it's very difficult to be the new person and ask a question. It's very difficult when you're struggling with something to ask for help. But if you have that connection, it's much easier. The the, the asynchronous video tool is really a substitute for a, a meeting tool. Uh, well, I'm, I'm simplifying things, but but yeah. it has that. I'll, I'll 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 say it's it it's a substitution for part of the space that we share together. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. And so, in using that, because I'm, I'm 
I haven't. So I came in quite late, and and actually I have to say that it, it is it is very nice to see people and to hear people. <laughs> it does when when you don't know people, especially to be able to see them. Um, I'm I'm a very audio and text person. For me yeah. to switch on the camera, it's just the way my place is set up and stuff, and and I get the personal way that the video brings you in uh however for me you know it's stuff in my head um but i did come into it and then try to catch up after i'd been away and i noticed that i found that difficult whereas in a chat room for example slack type of thing you can scan and stuff like that so that was my very short experience um which is great because it's given me a real sense of okay like you say what is this good for what is this other thing good for what has your experience been or and some of the feedback you've got of being a community and gathering around in that space so i've i've heard similar feedback because some have had to step out for a week or two from the book club and come back and they uh, they felt that fomo that fear of missing out and they they wanted to go listen to all the the videos but I find the same experience with chat mm-hmm. and I think you and I are both members of a few Slack communities. I'm probably in way too many. I keep flushing <laughs> the, the number of Slack communities and after a while you can only scan so much. So I, I think there is probably, well, actually I know there's more technology coming that might help with that. So I think uh, otter.ai announced a few days ago how with their transcription technology, they now provide summaries and there's different types of summaries. So I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of technology shows up a few different ways. What if you you take a two week vacation and you point a bot to whether it's Slack or a volley uh, chat system say, okay, give me a summary of what happened. I think that I think that's fairly close to happening. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about that you said you're playing with is getting AI into some of this asynchronous world into this conversation world. Tell me, tell me a bit more about oh my, about that. My dancing with robots, as I like yes. to say. <laughs> yeah, dancing so, with robots. Yeah. So I've I've been doing remote facilitation for many years, and. I've done large scale events. Well, you and I both have have done some larger scale events and we, it can still be challenging no matter how much prep you do, no matter how many people you have assisting on the technology side or the facilitation side. So with the client I'm working with now, uh, this is, I would say, roughly a 400-person IT group within a much, much larger organization. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to really reach out to the people and find out what's on their minds as far as coming back into the office, some of the, some of the shifts that they're making in technology. And they, they came across this tool called Remesh. So basically what it does is it looks like uh, a regular chat conversation, whether it's you know a chat on your phone or something like that. So you have little chat bubbles that pop up and you respond to the questions. But the interesting part about Remesh is 
after you respond, it'll come back and say, oh, you know, some of your fellow participants responded, here's three, four, five samples. Which one of these do you agree with from what they said? And so you start to get an overall sense of what a larger group might be thinking. And when I say larger group, the the synchronous version of the software handles up to a thousand people simultaneously in real time. Mm-hmm. They have just launched an asynchronous version where it's this basically the same technology, and you're time boxing how long the, the questions are available, and that I believe can handle up to five thousand people. So mm-hmm. now you can have some fairly large conversations and and it gives you a, a nice summary report of here's how many answered this question here's how it was distributed and don't even share some of this in real time with the participants mm-hmm. so people can see that and the i think one of the most important things is it's anonymous so if you have an issue with psychological safety this can be an interesting tool to say okay this is completely anonymous. We're not tracking. Nobody else can track. But you'll still get to see what others are saying. And you'll get to say, yeah, I agree with that or not. And I think that's a, that's an interesting new technology. Yeah. And I'm thinking that as far as a survey goes, it's really interesting because you're replying as a participant. You are replying to these questions. And normally, you just reply. And that's yeah. it. You don't know what anyone yeah. else has said, but actually you're getting at that point, you're getting a lots of feedback. So you're already, even if it's quite a one-way way of, of conversing. Oh, but and we, and we all love surveys. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get to see what other people are saying. Yes. And, and um, I, I will say this is a group that wasn't used to a lot of interactive kind of exercises. And time and time again, we're we're seeing how they're really taking to this, and mm-hmm. we're we're getting more requests to do this in other parts of the organization. Good. Well, thank you. We'll 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 leave that. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> those ex- the, your your experience. We'll talk there. more later so, about that. Yeah. Yes. So very interesting. What also what I'm hearing from you is that you continue to experiment with technology, and it's bringing you lots of. Um, joy and lots of ways of helping people connect still so yes. that's something that that's a constant uh, with you so has the way in which you view work and the role it plays in our lives changed over the last three years i don't know that it's changed just over the last three years but it's become more important over the last three years mm-hmm. that not only do my clients get value out of the work, but I get value out of the work? Because I I will put heart and soul into whatever I'm doing. So if I'm not getting value out of that, I'm just going to burn out and have come close to that at, yes. at times. But if I love what I'm doing, a 12-hour day is like a two-hour day to me. Now, yes, I'll take breaks after that once I'm done with a push of getting something done. But I'm so energized from what I've learned or help people connect that 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 is what really fuels me. And and I hope it's the same for others that they're they're seeking what value they're getting out of the work and not just their customers and their clients. Earlier on, you were also starting to hint about generally how this might look like, and you're already thinking 
what have you seen or, or have you seen a change generally about how people think about work and the role it plays in their lives? You know, as, as we have both seen and heard, uh, some are wanting to go back to the way things are, which is, I'll be blunt, a little bit mindless <laughs> about, about the, the concept of work. Uh, but some are really rethinking it. And, and that, that gives me a lot of hope, especially that people are finding that value as well as bringing value to others. Yeah, nice, good. So we can now start to wrap up and think about, uh, because this is the celebration of the 300th episode of the podcast, and you probably remember because you've been involved in such early days. Uh, I've known you for a very long time, actually. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, <laughs> um, yeah. The podcast started with the tagline uh, where we talk about how the world of work and our attitudes to work are changing. And especially of, uh, once we hit episode around episode 200, I became quite aware that the audience we were picking up were actually interested in the whole remote work thing. And so I changed the tagline to, we talk about leading remote teams, online collaboration and working in distributed organizations. So, on a show such as this, Mark, what would you like to see covered? I would like to see a mix of the why and the how. Even, I mean, you you've, you push the boundaries a lot in the, in this this podcast, but it would be great to go out even further to see all right, what other different ways of working are there, and why do people do it that way. And how do they do it? Because that might inspire others to, again, start looking at, oh, they're doing this for this reason. This is how it's giving value to them and giving value to others. And maybe this gives me some ideas on how to shift or completely change my work. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The why and the how. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very specific. Good. So I'll give you the floor for the final word. So anything else that you would like to say to listeners and past guests? I'm looking forward to episode 400, 500, and 600, to be honest. <laughs> you you <laughs> because, have upped Tim by 100. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've always enjoyed the podcast. I, I appreciate um, the broad perspective you take uh, on the podcast, and, and I look forward to, to more of that. Well, thank you very much. I'll definitely make it to episode 400. I can't promise <laughs> five or six. <laughs> I'm going to poke you for 500. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Hello and welcome to episode 1000. <laughs> oh, Mark, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I think you are the guest that has appeared on more episodes than anyone else i haven't counted them so uh so thank you very 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 much uh for all your contributions at different stages of our uh friendship and i and i hope that you will contribute to many more of the next 100 at least because i'm not committed to <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a deal <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear your own thoughts about how you have changed your ways of working and what you think the future is for remote work inside and outside of organizations. You can use the contact form over at virtualnotdistant.com for your comments or reach out via Twitter 
You can just look for me at Pilar Orti. And if you enjoyed this conversation, you might enjoy others we're having on the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast. So make sure you check out that show and subscribe. I have been Pilar Orti. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy. Enjoy.